it for too long and you get out like and you're like walking around or like doing whatever shit's weird like it, it, yeah. i kind of get woozy sometimes because i'm like i'll get so used to the whatever you know 3d space i'm in in the thing and then i am like in the real world and i'm like kind of get a headache and i'm like oh shit like <laughs> a little jarring i was listening to a podcast today and they were talking about literally what we're talking about right now with like vr do y'all think that like vr like it's obviously going to be super cool. VR is something that we've all been thinking about since we've been in elementary school, I'm sure. Yeah. But do you think that's like one of the next big like financial like fuckloads of money is going to be inside that? If not already. Yeah. 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 With video game consoles. I, I, I see stuff. it in like this. Is, they talked about this on the podcast that I watched giving, but I think they're right. And I think that VR is going in one specific direction. Do y'all think do y'all do y'all know what I'm talking about? Like is it in a gaming direction or like a like virtual reality? Not necessarily a game, but well, a virtual I think, reality. I think the thing about virtual reality that's cool is like it aside from all the like games and stuff that are like super fun obviously. And like being able to live in all those fantasy worlds that like we grew up watching on TV. Yeah. Shit, for like doctors and engineers and and people who like the stakes are high when they're learning shit like eventually doctors will be able to do surgeries on patients that are like not real while they're learning so that they can perfect their craft before they're in there doing surgery on real human beings. You right. Know? Mm-hmm. So they're not like chopping somebody up and fucking up and <laughs> like the consequences are so intense. And, but if they're in VR and they practice it and we get it good enough, absolutely like, dude, people will be able to learn how to engineer shit. Like, you know, Iron Man, that scene where he has that thing and he's like expanding it and like looking at all the different yeah. parts and shit, dude, we'll be able to do that in VR. And like, that's what really I think is sick about that shit. Absolutely. Like, that, that's some suit. That's way more positive thinking than me. No, <laughs> you're thinking about like people just, uh, that ready player one shit where they, everybody lives in like a little cube and they just put the shit on and live in it. Right. S- like the matrix kind of, not necessarily <laughs> sort of, that's a little, that's a little black mirror. Is that okay? That's yeah, a little yeah, black yeah, mirror yeah. for me. But I'm thinking, like, dog, like, how much money do strip clubs make? Oh. Do you see where I'm going with this? Yeah. Oh, you're like talking about for, pl- like, a sexual place. Let's, just, let's just think of, like, like uh, strip clubs are a great place, and I, like, I will patronize your local joint. Thank you. Absolutely. The lovely ladies. <laughs> but like the clientele of strip clubs is a certain is a certain dude. Am I am I right to say that? Uh, I, yeah. Sleazy middle aged guy. Sleazy middle aged guy that maybe isn't getting much action on his own. True. Yeah. So they're willing to spend their money to go to that place. What if there's a virtual reality place where there is literally no, like not lovely ladies, not like it's a clean, and there's no chance of uh you don't have to go talk to anybody. You're supposed to leave your house. You well, basically what I'm saying is you go to this place and it puts you in a room and you can go and like do whatever you're gonna do in virtual reality and how much do you think people would pay for an experience like that? Dude, I mean, yeah, there, there was that oh, there was that show with Jonah Hill. Oh, I forget what it's called, but there was oh, this, I, it's a Netflix movie. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And there was this one guy who was like a scientist in that movie or a show or whatever, and like he basically did that. He was like at home and this girl who needed his help, walked in, and he's, like, in this fucking thing watching VR porn with this whole machine on. And oh, my God. And it's like, dude. Wait, what is this? Uh, I don't know I've, Yeah, called. I can't remember. Uh, it's a Netflix special. It was, like, Emma Stone and, and Jonah Hill, mm-hmm. and it was some... It was trippy. It was kind of Black Mirror. Is, yeah. is it a funny movie? Yeah, it's funny sometimes. It, it was, yeah, but, it but it's more deep. serious. Yeah, it's yeah. deep, deep it pretty deep. serious. Yeah. Uh, like they're pretty much like he has like psychological problems or I whatever. Think, and then she was like kind of uh, like fiending for this drug that this company was making that yeah. they were giving people. Okay. And um, it was like a. It was honestly kind of psychedelic, like a little bit trippy, like. But it was basically like a company that was like. Uh, trying out these drug therapies but it was like mixed with ai so this oh so this computer like learns uh it like maps out your trauma and like helps you work through your trauma it, with this drug yeah. and, uh, it was crazy oh it puts you in like really bad situations so that, that you, you deal with yeah. that shit yeah it like brings all these like patients into this one like it's like they're all living under like one roof type thing it's like a center they all get like studied in or whatever mm-hmm. and then they do all these experiments on them like putting them through extremely traumatic childhoods in their life. And then I think they like administer them with that like drug or something yeah. to see how they deal with it or something. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's really cool. That I sounds wish I could psychedelic as fuck. But, but wow. yeah. exactly what you were talking about happens like that. The One of these scientists that they like go to for help is in his apartment, like just like downloading relationship basically, or like, you know, romantic encounter. Absolutely. Instead of going out there and getting and, it for himself. And doing it for real. And like, sadly, like, 
we're in in the year we're in people want shit and they want it now and if you can buy it typically people will buy it hopefully this is not something that comes to fruition very soon because i think we could all agree like something like that could be a factor in the decline of the human race quite literally well, real intimacy, I feel like that's going to just essentially eliminate real intimacy yeah. between I, individuals. I really, honestly, on a smaller scale, kind of feel like, and this is going to be crazy, but like I kind of think that porn has done that to people. In, I agree with yeah. that. You know, in some degree, like, it's just like the fact that I, I have a lot of friends that like when we were in school, we did not get like a, a good sex ed talk mm-hmm. from anybody. So yeah. a lot of like my friends are just learning about that shit on the internet. I would a say the same for my school. Too, and yeah. then they're getting a skewed understanding of what, you know, romantic relationships are supposed to be. Absolutely. Too, because from Hollywood and yeah. whatever else the music you listen to, which like sometimes even the best music doesn't portray that kind of stuff in the, Dude, in the best way. I love like eighties metal and eighties hair metal and shit like right that. Right there with you, man. But th- like that's some misogynistic music that, right there. I think that is not the truth. Roses and I love it. Don't get me wrong. Like I, I can appreciate it from a you know just listening to the music and the the vibe. But right. some of the lyrical content can get to a place where it's like shit that didn't hold up. Dude, do, you know, <laughs> do, you, do you know how like speaking of lyrical content? Do you know what I figure how I know or for me personally when maybe the lyrical content isn't to what like my, I guess my standard not that my standard is super high for lyrical content but if it's I'm singing a song like Welcome to the Jungle I don't know any song like Guns mm. N' Roses and I'm singing it out loud if at w- any point during that I'm like man I feel stupid for saying that and like as I'm singing the song like then that, that's probably the point where I'm like all right this lyrical content maybe isn't for me yeah well, at least and I love Guns N' Roses yeah oh dude same <laughs> But at least you're like introspective enough to see when something's not congruent with like the kind of human you are. Or whatever. Cheers. You know? yeah. Cheers. True. Like, yeah. But, I don't know. But going back to the the porn thing, like I completely think like what you're saying, it's definitely skewed our concept of what a relationship is and can be. Like you yeah. think of these these like situations and stuff like that in those videos, and that's not real life. You know what I mean? That definitely. skews the human brain and its concept of intimacy and relationship with the opposite sex or the same sex, if that's what you're into. You yeah. know what I mean? So yeah, I definitely think you know, like, it's definitely put a dent in moving forward with like human human interaction in a sense. Definitely. I think so. it's something that like it literally is just going to require like, I, I I feel like for. I don't know about if you guys feel the same way, but I feel like for like our parents' generation, like the it was like when you're uh, watching a movie with your family and there's a sex scene or some kind of romantic scene, mm-hmm. and the room gets all uncomfortable. Yeah, and, like no one really knows what to say. I think it's just gonna require like our generation not being uncomfortable, like if we have kids or whatever. Yeah, like not being uncomfortable in those situations and being able to talk about that shit. Absolutely. And like actually, pre- like not pretend like it's just not gonna happen. Or like if like I w- was in christian schools my whole fucking life right very much not christian anymore but like in that environment it's like uh you know just don't do it absolutely it's kind of the answer that you're given absolutely and like, that doesn't help anybody doesn't help they're it, especially do it kids anyway, yeah, yeah. And, and they're gonna need help like figuring out how to do it safely and yes you know in a way it's not gonna hurt each other or themselves and it's just like uh, ignoring it's probably not the right way to deal with that. So. Right. And it goes back to what you're saying. If we could just have proper education in schools and go, getting past that awkward, tense moments where it's like, oh, we're not going to talk about it, be educated on it, have our school systems educating people on it. Yeah. And then we know real facts and real ways to deal with these things. Yeah. You know? So, so like maybe normalizing talking about sex is a step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. So what about like, in the, like, it's interesting, like this conversation because I think that like while while it we're saying this that we need to normalize the conversation of sex also needs to happen as like the normalization of sex workers. Yeah. Well, I mean, and with that I think also comes with there maybe the the less taboo from porn and from um people that want to get involved in porn and maybe they're not being a uh, negative stigma about it if that's the route that they want to go um dude i've been fo- like i've been following like a few porn stars recently on like <laughs> i won't say any names just to not <laughs> oust myself but it's fucking interesting dude like these chicks buy lambos and shit like they have fuck loads of money these girls that's one of the, that's one of the things that i think like 
I think that obviously it's a weird topic that I, you know, probably can't talk with, on with much authority or whatever. I had, a, I had a friend growing up who I was really close with. And when we got into like college, um, she, uh, she started stripping and it wasn't like at the time it was probably, it was funding a habit that probably wasn't healthy is why she was doing it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, she helped me look at it like, um, you know, it was, it really was kind of her taking a decision. She was making a choice with this body that she has, that is her, she has autonomy over and get to make decisions with Absolutely. to go, you know, and use that and make money. I mean, and it's entertainment, I guess, similarly to how we're making music. If we're, if people decide to come buy a ticket to a concert, like they're kind of buying a ticket to see somebody dance or whatever, like, you Absolutely. know, they have a right to, to do that for sure. And it's almost empowering in a sense that, it can give them that. And I don't, but the, the problem is I don't think that's always the, the case. Like yeah. I think sometimes people who are in underprivileged communities or, you know, people who don't have another means of making like a solid income just go to do that because they feel like they have to, to pay for their kid's school or, or whatever it yeah. is, you know? So it's like a, there's no, it's not a black and white thing. Definitely. Like there's gray area with the whole conversation. It can be a good thing, but it could probably also be a bad thing. You know, I agree. Well, y'all, um, coming off of that very heavy introduction (laughs) (laughs) this is uh the fifth episode of the music city podcast that is the mcp uh i want to plug a few things before we get started today we've been working hard at our clips channel that's where we're posting all of our shorter content um think about like 10 minutes or less on those videos um so what that's going to be is clips from our hour-long podcast that you'll find here and uh vlog segments that we'll do with our guests um will be on a playlist there as well um we just hit 100 likes on facebook and 100 followers on instagram so thank Thank you very much for the support um we appreciate that a lot so if you want to find out what we're doing and like if you want to see a like we'll post stories and post there show us what we're doing in the meantime we're not filming episodes um for this episode we have a friend jc balserac he is the leader of a band in town called oro and um jc and i have known each other since our, our college days and so we uh we have a little bit of history and uh, yeah we're really excited for you to be here man thanks yeah. for coming yeah, thanks, thanks for, uh, thanks well, for coming man this is cool I've been uh especially with quarantine big into the podcast and thing recently yeah. just listening to a bunch of them so it's cool to be on one I think it's the first podcast I've ever been on so nice. cheers man yeah. <laughs> thanks for having me yeah <laughs> what uh what podcasts have you been into lately uh okay so there's one that's really fun uh it's called last podcast on the left I don't know if you guys know about that one but it's fucking hilarious and it's basically like these three comedians and. Uh, they like will do it's kind of like true crime or aliens or fucking conspiracy theories or whatever and, and they just make it really funny and fun and like the topics themselves are pretty cool too so it's just a, a, a fun one to throw on in the background when you know i'm practicing scales or whatever just to listen to them right on yeah so you believe in aliens i do nice. i mean Me i obviously <laughs> just it's and i would say that it's more like a just a feeling than like me thinking that we have any proof of it or anything but i think it's almost just like if you think about like the universe and like how big it is and the fact that it's constantly expanding the probability that like we are legit like the only sentient life or life in general let's even just say life in general like in the whole galaxy is almost like an arrogant way of selfish yeah <laughs> it's like i don't know like what makes earth you know more special than some other place that might have it too and like even on mars they're like I, I may be mistaken, but didn't they find evidence that there was like water on Mars at some point? I so feel like that gets thrown sure. back and forth. Yeah, like it's ice or it's like hydrogen, and then it's water. Because I feel like with, <coughs> you know, the frozen. right circumstances, not that far off. Like, yeah, you know, you could, we're gonna terraform it eventually. So definitely, it's got the same like molecule. Elon like, Musk, structure yeah. as water. So, I mean, yeah, just, yeah. So, but um, no, that's pretty cool though. But uh, but anyways, tell us a little bit about your band. Uh, how do you how do you Oro. Uh, yeah, uh, pronounce kind of, that? O U R O, just Oro. It's it's Oro, okay. So we 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 struggled for a long time trying to come up with the name, and we settled on like we had that symbol, the Ouroboros, the snake eating its own tail, that kept coming up over and over again. Well, like I have on a tattoo, and it was just one of those things that were like. Can you, you know, show that to the camera? Yeah, I don't know how to most effectively do that. Here, they, <laughs> but yeah, that's good. Um, but I um we just kind of settled on it because we had a bunch of ideas that we just threw out there and finally we we're like, yeah, that was kind of cool short and don't think there's another band with that yet. Mm-hmm. So like we just kind of jumped on it. Very dope. <laughs> yeah. And I checked you out on Spotify. Your, your numbers are pretty high. Oh, <coughs> pretty thanks. high. I mean, I'm hoping, hoping one of the biggest, that's probably as a band, like I think our biggest goal right now is to try to grow the Spotify thing. Very so cool. We're, we're trying to, 
get that going. We got, you know, we had a song that we were, were planning on releasing uh, in like a month or so. Um, and we have a whole EP that, that, you know, I've been, I'm mixing it all and stuff. So I've been taking fucking forever. That's like wow. the, the pros and cons is it's like you get full control over it or whatever and get to take the time and not have an hourly, like, you know, you don't have to be charged to be in the studio. You can track stuff as much as you want, but it also tends to take longer because. And you're but, your boss. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, man, that's, uh, I've been playing with uh, Shane and Sean for like a decade though, like a oh, full nice. decade. Wow. Yeah, they lived in Arizona with me, and we went to high school together, and we played in another band with our buddy Justin, who's out here too. And, um, yeah, they just, they came out. I was like, after, they didn't, they weren't here while I was in school, but like while I was wrapping up school, I'm like, hey guys, we should come out to Nashville. Like, there's way more music out here than there is in Arizona. And I knew that they both like really wanted to do music in mm-hmm. some capacity, so they're out here now and they're doing like they both do studio session stuff so if anybody wants to hire a dope drummer and a dope guitar player please hit them up what are their names uh sean mccann he's a drummer and plays piano and all sorts of shit and shane hurtado and he's a shredder very cool so um when i was listening to y'all on spotify man i've I've done i've done writer i've seen you play a writer's run before yeah um how what's your writing process because it sounds like it's very intricate guitar parts and also the vocal melodies are also very intricate as well so how how does that all come together um a lot of the time it's like a lot of it will come from like jamming ideas but uh shane will come up with just pretty sick like uh like chord melody stuff on guitar and uh just like beds like musical beds like bare bones for example i think that's it's like uh it started with just him coming up with this really cool acoustic guitar part and it was like a period of time where i was just like incapable be it like by my own mental blocks or whatever of making music because <laughs> i was just like writer's block basically yeah and then we were really toiling at that one and i just like laid down on the floor of this garage where we were writing the song and he was just playing it over and over again like a loop and then the first thing that i sang and the first like melody and words were just like luckily we had like a phone rolling a voice memo and that's just what we got for the song so a a lot of it's like that um what we did this last year that was super sick that i'd like to continue doing is we went and uh kind of hold ourselves up in a cabin with like no cell reception that's awesome yeah where'd you do that at colorado sick yeah it's awesome sick we're like we're gonna go we're gonna go for it we're gonna do this and um so we just went and did that and we got a couple songs like honestly i'm like we got new like songs that'll be new for people, but that we've been playing for like fucking four to six years for some of them. That's awesome. So we're, we're like, we're kind of ready to just get those out and get on to the next stuff that we're doing. Oh, Cause we're so much absolutely. more excited about the new stuff. Right but, on. Um, I bet yeah. those other songs though, you can just fucking shred them. Yeah. At this point we, we can whip them out like when need be. So right on. <laughs> yeah, man. But I love playing music with those guys. It's, it's cool because it's like, you know, I went to, california for a while and and sort of pieced out but we the whole time you know kept in contact and i feel like no even if tomorrow shane decided he was just gonna peace out and go live in italy or wherever like we're always gonna be able to make music together because we just have like have you guys ever do you guys both i know you play music do you play music no I do, do not. Do you know I that? I listen a lot. Cowpoke yeah. Grande. Oh, I'll sometimes sing. Yeah. <laughs> I got to get really drunk. For <laughs> that up, but, you know. but. but do you ever have that like experience where you're playing with somebody and like you kind of know where they're going or what they're about to do without you having to verbally communicate it or like talk about it ahead of time? Yes. You know that experience? <laughs> yes, definitely. 100%. Hell Me and Will do that all the time. Dude, all absolutely. The time. I feel like when you find people all the time. that you can do that with, it's like that is special and that's like what i feel like shane and sean and i have and that's why it's like it's just a lifelong kind of bond thing it's like a, a honestly feels kind of like a psychic absolutely tele- man telepathic connection I, thing. I could not agree more with that yeah. statement it's cool absolutely sure. dude that's like the, when when you're playing music and you get to that that unspoken realm where you're communicating and no one's no one's talking you're just playing but we're all everyone's on the same page that shit rocks, yeah, dude. Man. That's it's, it's so awesome. It's like these. It's like you're not even coming up with the idea. It's just out there, and you're just a vessel for it. Absolutely, <laughs> channel. Yeah, dude, I, I love it, man. Yeah, man. So how did you? Uh, how did you? You said y'all grew up, went to high school together. Did y'all just meet growing up in the neighborhood, or how did y'all meet exactly? Yeah, well, at high school. Okay. Um, 
I mean, I, I came from a different school than they did, but I had, I had a lot of friends, uh, at the, the, like, so in middle school, I played in a band with some friends, like a garage band, just playing Nirvana songs and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I remember they would always talk about like, Oh, Shane, he's so good. And I'm like, who's this Shane guy? And then I got to high school and me and Shane were at the same high school. And I was like, Oh, Shane. And I sat next to him in like a math class. And, uh, we would talk about, um, like muse and like bands that we liked. And then we ended up hanging out and jamming and, uh, we played in a band with this chick, Chloe, who's a good friend of ours, who still makes music and lives in Atlanta right now. Some, so we're honestly, Oro's kind of like her little, uh, her session player band too. Like we'll go play shows in Atlanta with her cause oh, she's nice. Chloe K check her out. She's sick. Um, but, uh, then after that, it was just like kind of the slow amassing of everybody. I think that Shane and Sean, uh, and Justin all played in jazz band together and I didn't play in jazz band yet, but Justin and I became super good friends and Shane and I were pretty good friends. So it just kind of made sense that we all like jam with each other and turns out we just kind of all like the same music and it worked out and we just started playing shows and people liked it and, you know, gave us a lot of support, which I'm grateful for. And, um, we just kind of kept going. <laughs> Oh yeah, and so y'all were. Pl- I saw y'all were playing shows before COVID kind of kind of hit. Yeah. So um, I, y'all played in Atlanta. Yes, we played with a band called Coletta. Right on. And they're dope, dude. I actually, when I was in California, also like I would just go to the gym and like listen to whatever Spotify would recommend. You know, they have those discover playlists. play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some, yeah those it's, are dope. Yeah, yeah, dude, they're so sick. They they work so well. Um, and I honestly think that a big part of the industry now, like finding success, is making your way into those. It one hundred percent. Like that Coletta band, I had this whole idea in my head. I'm like, because they have, I I think one of their songs just broke like a million streams. Nice. Wow. And I thought they were just so dope and I still do, but like we show up to see them and like their dad's there taking videos of them. Like, and they're just four kids that like, I think one dude writes the majority of the music and they are not like they're signed, but like, they're not like, they're not anywhere above any of us. I feel like that are doing it. They just got really lucky with, or, or maybe they put money into playlisting or I don't really if know. You, I mean, man, like some of, some of this shit is luck. Like if, yeah. you, if you get on, if you work your ass off like a lot of people in Nashville are, but like on, not everybody gets fucking put on the playlist that gets a million hits, you know? Yeah, um, man. That shit. That shit's cool. But that's I've been like spending a lot of time kind of just thinking on that because I really do think that like these days I think that you know obviously you got to cut your teeth and get good at performing live and like play shows. Yes. But I think that content, high quality content, content, too, bro. I think it is having content is probably more important than getting out there and touring into the ground even before getting in a van and touring for a couple years of my life like i would definitely rather like put out a song a month or or even both are work but like one is you know one anybody on the internet or whoever you advertise to can see and then the other one's like you know maybe the 20 to 30 people that roll through a show will see that's true i feel like the the input costs for like if you just get good recordings and good promo photos and good videos and stuff like that will go way further than all the gas money and all the food and all the you know all that shit and i know that that's like a really probably like controversial thing because there is a bit of that romanticized like you got to do that you got to get out there and like you do tour but Mm -hmm. like I think these days, the way that we consume media is definitely changing. Is I mean, podcasting, what we're doing oh, right a- now absolutely, is, is totally man. like evidence of that. You know? mm-hmm. so this is exact evidence yeah. of that, one hundred percent. Just like going back to what you're saying, like creating quality content that people want to eat up. Yeah. I mean, whether that just being y'all showing, like y'all riding the tour bus for a day or something like that, or just a, a, yeah. a, a one of your clips of a song or something like that. Exactly. People just want an introspective view of your life as a personal like on a personal Definitely. level you know. i agree with that with being an artist now and like just the way the music industry is if you want to break out you almost are forced to enter that like content creator space people want to know you people yeah. not only want to consume your content they want to know who you are mm-hmm. and that's as a musician musicians that i know a some of that shit is just not what i want to fucking do yeah i, mean, <laughs> I definitely get that i i I, th- I think that you're right. The genuine, like, authenticity of it is what people want. People want to see just regular people doing, like, for a lack of a better way to ex- describe it, like, extraordinary shit. Yeah. Because, like, everybody wants, you know, I don't know. It's just the, b- but I, I get what you're saying, too. Because, like, you know, 
I I look back now like on my education and I'm like, dude, if I would have just like spent less time learning about copyright law and music publishing and more time learning about <laughs> all this musical shit that I'm catching Bro, up on now. Feel you. Like, dude, that would have been a better use of my time, I feel like. But also there's the trade off because like you do need to know that stuff or have somebody that, that knows that stuff and if you don't know it then you're paying a manager or somebody to know it and you know, right. do that. And obviously delegating is important to like because you don't, you only have so much time. Absolutely. So like, you know, learn, do, focus on what you want to do because you can fucking fail at anything. Absolutely. That's kind of what I figured out when I was in LA too. Cause I was like, I got in a serious relationship. I'm like, okay, shit. Like I got to figure out how to make money. If I'm going to like have a family one day and all this shit that I kind of want, I'm like, okay, so I'm going to, you know, try working at a record label, this record label. They're sick by the way. I fucking love hopeless, but What's um, name? that's a dope shirt. Hopeless records. Okay. And they like they signed a bunch of like my favorite bands growing up, like mm-hmm. all the pop punk bands that I listened to. What are I don't, I don't know what are some of them that? Well, I think some forty one and oh, like oh, uh, shit. um like all time low and Word. Avenged Sevenfold was signed to them at one point, which Fuck is like one yeah. of my favorite bands still. And um, yeah, it was just like and I worked there for a while and they were awesome people and I'm still I still like keep in touch with them and everything, but I still wasn't stoked about what I was doing. You know, I was doing like graphic design and, and social media stuff for them. And I still was like, damn, I just wish I had more time to go home and make music, you know? So I'm like, shit, I'll try working in a studio. Like, because I love production and shit. That would be fun to learn about. And it's probably easier to be an engineer or producer than, like, an actual artist, right? And so I went and did that for a while. And I was, like, working with, like, multi-platinum fucking bands. Like, this band, Atlas Genius. These Australian dudes and shit. Holy cow. They were super cool. But And I worked on, like, Danny Warsnop, that guy from Asking Alexandria's. Yeah. Like, I was doing all the editing for that. How was that? It, it, it was it was fine. His country know? project? Yeah, it was his country project, right and on. and uh, <laughs> luckily I actually think some of the songs were decent, um, but it was like uh, I, I, that was really it was good because I learned a lot about production that I use on my own, like mm-hmm. for our stuff or whatever mm-hmm. now. Um, but it was also like <laughs> I'm not gonna name any names. But my boss was a fucking asshole. Damn. Like totally emotionally abusive. Like some shit happens. And um, 11.30, I'm laying in bed getting ready to go to sleep, and I get a call getting yelled at for some shit that I didn't do that fucked up, and then I have to drive all the way to the studio and fix it. Like, you're never not on call. Damn. And, Damn. Yeah. And it Showbiz, was, baby. <laughs> yeah, really. It was He, like, lived in the hills and, like, had the whole ego thing going. And wow. It was crazy. And then I was just like, <laughs> if you can fucking fail at doing your backup plan, like, why aren't you doing what you actually give a shit about doing? And like, even if you fuck up or you fail, you aren't able to do it. At least you were doing what you wanted to, because like you can try to plan B it, but plan B doesn't always work out. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? So I feel like that was when I was like, all right, I'm going back to Nashville. Like I want to do what I actually want to do, you know? And so that's why I'm back here. I miss my friends too. I really miss my friends. LA is a cool spot, but. Did you did you meet a lot of people out there? Yeah. You still have some tight connections out there? Definitely. And I had some friends from like high school that moved Dope. out there. So I wasn't like I was living luckily with somebody that I knew from high school. So like I wasn't totally like a stranger in the city, I guess. And and honestly, the other thing about social media, um, love it or hate it, like it's, it makes it way easier to connect with people. Like because there were these people, you know, from the prog scene or whatever that I would, when I was in Nashville and in college, I'd be like, oh shit, like they're super good and you like them or follow them or comment on their shit or whatever. And then I'd hit them up when I was out there and be like, yo, let's, let's kick it. And they'll kick it. They're like regular people. They're just on the internet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So like I luckily through just following people online, was able to kind of get in and hang out with people and, um, get out to shows out there. Like getting in the scene out there wasn't too difficult, I guess. What was the scene out there like? Um, All right, what sh- what what venues did you frequent? Well, I went and saw my friends play like at the Whiskey Sick. and yeah, classic, right? <laughs> and and honestly, like I met Jason Richardson and like fucking um, Felix Martin and like some dudes that are like big in the prog scene right now. Wow. And they were just normal, you know, like you kind of. I think we have a tendency to, at least I do, like idolize people that I, I see agree. 
on the internet or mm-hmm. like you know i met mark hoppus from blink 182 too. holy shit and that was like the one time in my life that i think i ever got starstruck where like i see this man and i go fucking totally red and i'm like holy shit it's fucking mark hoppus what am i supposed to do? how do i act <laughs> like he had his dog in the in the fucking hopeless office he's, he's probably looking at me like what the fuck is the deal with this guy <laughs> but i was just like freaking out and it's, it's, they're just regular people it's funny how we idolize people but i mean it is man i guess it's just kind of like you put yourself in the scene and you know it happens kind of i think that happens here too definitely for sure like it's just what you're willing to go put yourself in an uncomfortable situation and, and see uh, what happens yeah you got to put yourself out there yeah dude so um with oro like you mentioned the prog scene um some of your idols you mentioned are in the mm. are, are prog figures in the prog scene what uh what these i'm guessing there's influences for oro yeah well the thing is honestly with oro uh, we all grew up listening to like really similar music um but like you know muse and, and like i said Avenged sevenfold and, and you know green day and shit like that sick yeah i still love them but like we kind of went off in each of our own directions like shane has always been super into jazz like he's always played in jazz clubs and, and jazz guitar you know programs and stuff like that and flexing on everybody yeah i mean <laughs> in, but he loves it that's the difference you know some people go to do jazz just to be like oh i'm better than you like i know more than you do yes. there's a lot of that out here in nashville which i really fucking hate i'm not about that either but um shane isn't like that it's like a genuine love for for just playing jazz like that's he awesome tries to get out in coffee shops and play jazz so and I love it because that's where the chord melody stuff in Oro comes from too. Like you know all the yeah. like stuff that I'm trying to wrap my head around, figuring out how to do on guitar because I can't play that stuff yet. Um, it changed your guitar. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and um, then Sean kind of got into indie rock really heavy, like some of the, like the cool. Phoebe Bridgers, like you know Boy Genius sort of. I'm honestly not not familiar with those. Dude, I don't listen to a lot of it either. That, but that's kind of the cool thing about Oro is like we each sort of listen to our own thing and then come together and with Oro like it's just whatever like we really only make music in the room together like it's you know sometimes people will bring ideas to the table and we'll like flesh them out together but for the most part it's like what happens with Oro is just what happens with the three of us in the room and then we each kind of will make music on our own and like with you know whatever we're listening to at the time like i listen to a fuck ton of polyphia right on (laughs) a lot of chon and shit like that and i can't play like that yet but i'll do my like beat rock or whatever in my bedroom and then when we get together we just do whatever it is that we do instead of it being forced you do do the tapping thing i've seen you do it yeah and i think that honestly comes more from like i actually you guys live pretty close to him reggie wooten i took lessons from him for like a good long while wow and because victor wooten was like one of my heroes growing up yeah dude you know uh parish gabriel by chance i don't he's the he's a bass player based bass player in sacred <laughs> hollow he um he took lessons from reggie as well dude it's i i think that so many people out here have and like I, i'm constantly giving people his number because i mean it's just like aside from um like the musical shit that he taught me like he sometimes we would just like sit there and like talk about like the fucking universe and like esoteric shit and like like fucking just crazy universe shit and how his whole like lens of of like the world is built around music like his understanding of like science and math and like all of these different things are wrapped up in music and like he's like talks about how there's like just the distances from certain planetary structures to like you know the moon to earth is it wraps up into certain tunings like that uh, it's just fucking it i can't even like begin but it makes they're it, all so gnarly dude but all it the makes, wounds it makes music feel like magic which is fucking awesome like because i think that's we all have that feeling like inherently when you hear a song that just really fucking hits you in the right place but then like the way that this man talks about that shit is just like it's like legitimate fucking magic and it's so dope. And <laughs> and I'm guessing, like I completely agree with you. Sorry to um break this chain of thought. No man. But Reggie, Re- when I've seen Reggie play, he is the master. Oh, like dude. Polyphia and all that shit is is sick, and they're masters too. But like Reggie, like but dude, they all took lessons from like they not, really? not, not Polyphia, but like I mean Tozanabasi from Animals as Leaders. Uh huh. Fucking Reggie taught him how to thump. No way. And, and uh, Sick. like Josh Martin from I don't know if you guys have ever heard Little Tybee. You would like Little dude, Tybee. Uh, dude, I gotta say I have 
growing up, growing up every summer, as long as I can remember, we would go to Tybee Island for a week. Yeah. I So when Little Tybee came a band, I was like, fuck yeah. Yeah, dude. I they're... know that place. <laughs> <laughs> Great music, too. Dude, they're sick, man. And he does all that glitch tapping and shit, and he learned that shit from Reggie. And it's like, I keep finding, he taught one of Justin Bieber's session guitarists. And like, wow. it's just crazy how they, everybody seems to find him. Like, all these different people just seem to. It's in the universe. Yeah, like dude. He it's, it's, he's literally like a fucking vortex of fucking knowledge. Dude, he yeah. comes he comes into a world music when when um when we were open, he would come in and get his guitars worked on there. Nice. And he has the uh the one that he would bring in the most frequently the that orange, I saw. Is it the orange explorer? It was a white Japanese squire, squire strat yeah. with fender bolted onto, onto the, the body. body. Probably because he got shit for it being a squire like back <laughs> in the day or something. Probably so. But he had this thing, um, like it looked like a like a like a girl's hair scrunchie. Yeah, I and, use those on mine too. And he's the and Reggie explained him like he came in and I was like, it's like man, like what do those do for you? Like I I was just curious and he was like, let me show you. And he took me back into our uh, guitar room that we have, plugged in a uh, his guitar into a twin, uh, twin reverb. And he was like, if I put it here, like, it was just the most subtle differences. And he would, like, when it's off, it's fully open. First of all, the strings are, like, half a millimeter off the fret. And it is crazy. And he takes, and I've started doing this shit, too. But, like, he takes, like, so let's say we're playing bass, right? Mm-hmm. We have, like, a four-string bass. He'll take the E string off. And he'll take the A string and move it up to the E string. Mm-hmm. And so on the whole way. And then get, like, a super light string for the bottom. But, like, basically every gauge is, like, a solid, like, string lighter than, uh, you know, it usually would be if you went yeah, and bought a pack of elixirs or so whatever. So does yeah. he buy, like, a like a, like a six-string set of strings or something? I don't know. Well, first of all, he also – he has an Alembic bass, which is crazy. That's dude. badass. God, fucking knows how expensive that thing is. But he also – he's just like, I haven't restrung this in a decade. And it still sounds amazing. Wow. Like, so I don't know if he really even thinks about it too much, but – I think it's more just about the gauge and the action too for him because for all that tappy shit and and stuff like first of all it helps it to be lighter and yeah. also he's like if he's playing three four hour gigs like he doesn't want to get tired by holding down 11s Naturally. or whatever it is that people get all like oh the tone of the string it's like dude just <laughs> fucking do what works for you play the guitar <laughs> yeah. that's dude that's I feel that man dude Olympic do you, do you know what Olympic guitars uh, I think I've heard you talk about him before. Jerry Garcia's guitar. What is that? The Tiger? Uh, Tiger, uh, Rosebud, Rose- Wolf, mm. the one that came after Rosebud. Everything after Alligator was an Olympic. Oh, okay. That's where I think I've, I've heard of that before. Unless I the, thought I'd heard of that. What's the, what's the silver one? The uh, Beam? Ooh, Travis know. Beam? Hmm. It's like an open... It's like a... It has like a T. The headstock? T I headstock. Think I've seen those, yeah. Those are cool. Yeah. That's a Jerry guitar. Wait, what do you mean a T? Like the uh, the like, top just goes out like a hammerhead? Old yeah, you know, hammerhead yeah. shark. Yeah. <laughs> it's super similar to that. It's like instead of uh, one of those, like where it's like an actual headstock. Uh huh. It literally kind of just. What what, what is yeah. the difference in that exactly? Or, I think it was a look for the uh, just for the headstock, but they had metal necks. They were like metal guitars. So if you ever hear a Jerry solo and it sounds like he's like playing a tin can guitar mm-hmm. in the best way. <laughs> he makes it sound good. He makes it sound good, but it's probably the Travis Travis Beam, Travis Bean. Not sure. Okay. That that, that's different than a steel guitar though, right? Like, yeah, obviously. A steel yeah. guitar. But the sound I mean the sound, like the sound of a steel guitar. Yeah. A steel okay. guitar you would play on your lap and with like mm-hmm. a slide and stuff. Yeah. Like but I meant like the sound, like it's almost like a twin like a metally sound almost, you know what I mean? Yeah, sure. I okay. could see Definitely. how it sounds. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah sure. Dude. <laughs> it's got like a tinny sort of. I could. T- I see what you're saying. Okay. It's definitely okay. like a similar to that kind of sound, more uh, so than like a classical. If you think about it. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Definitely. Yeah. That's just interesting. I've never. Heard yeah, man. Like that, man. It's cool. Everybody figures out their whatever works for them for making their sounds. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, dude, when you got to Nashville, man, one thing I like. Um, one thing that I saw in you was that you got here and you started grinding immediately. Yeah. Your band now that is, is Oro, but I've seen you, you've played in bands called us and them. Um, were you in the pressure kids? I was not, but I mean, we, the the thing about all those bands is uh, Justin was in the pressure kids. Okay. Okay. And Justin and I lived together and like, he was in that band with Shane and Sean and, and I growing up and he's an honorary Oro member as far as I'm concerned. Right on. We love him like a brother too. But, um, uh, yeah, man. I mean, we just all those bands during that time, like we all just kind of were homies because we were all playing Exponent Manor and all the like 
same places. Damn, like, man. We all know <laughs> what it felt like or whatever. I uh, I wiped all. I played in that Petticoat Lane band, too. That was the one I was thinking yeah, of. Yeah, I wiped that shit from the internet. Oh, <laughs> totally <man>. and completely. <laughs> it was it was one of those. Th- I think it's probably still on SoundCloud. You can't wipe shit from the internet. Yeah, I remember seeing it. Yeah, it'll, it'll always be there, man. The, the cyber ghost is fucking yeah. haunting me. But, dude, it was one of those things. And honestly, I'm just too ruthless with myself, too, I feel. Um, I'm, like, pretty ruthlessly introspective. But I got here, and I, like, grew up listening to bands like Green Day and Blink-182 and shit. And, like, musicianship-wise, I just liked fucking playing music. Like, I just knew that I enjoyed that. And I, I never really thought too much about, like, what kind of music that I wanted to make. Or, you know, how how, like, am I doing my best at, like being good at what i'm doing or anything and i never really thought about that and then when i was first met with like criticisms from the musicians like some of those jazz snobs that i kind of mentioned earlier you know those kinds of people yes the elitists or whatever yes and they're like oh you're playing a fucking power chord and i'm suddenly like wait what the fuck's wrong with playing uh, a power chord like oh shit i fucking I, agree with that yeah, statement dude i didn't know there was something wrong with it but there's then nothing I, wrong with it i know there's definitely not but i let it get to me you know like mm-hmm. and i was like oh fuck and so when it got to the point when, you know, I nixed the whole petticoat lane thing, I like, it took a long ass time. Part of the reason why I had such a like weird writer's blocky period. You were talking about that earlier. Yeah. yeah. It was just cause I was like, fuck man. Like, is what I'm doing even good? Like, do people even fuck with this? And like, I think pro- people probably did more than I was thinking, but like, it was just a, I just needed to take some time because I, I, I like, I was always just like full steam ahead. I'm going to fucking go. And I'm not going to think about it. And I'm just, and that got me like I did shit. I played cool shows and like, you know, did the whole thing recorded in cool studios or whatever. But I just wasn't really like, it's not something that I like, obviously I don't stand by it now. Cause I tried to get the music taken down, you mm-hmm. know? So like, I wasn't really thinking about what, how I'd look back at it in uh, my older age. And, and maybe I'm still being pretentious, even thinking too hard about it. But like, I don't know, dude, it was just one of those things where like, I was like, fuck, I need to actually think about this, especially if I want to, like, do this forever. Like, I need to put some thought into it. What am I trying to write songs about? Like, what am I trying to sing about? Like, I literally had a song about Jurassic Park on that first record. Because I just fucking love Jurassic Park. (laughs) Right on. But um, it was just one of those things where it's like, shit, man, people are listening to me now. Like, I have, like, obviously, I'm, like, nobody's, like, not on the level of, like, some of our friends or whatever. But, like... There's people that listen to my songs, so, like, what am I saying? Does it matter? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. does the content of what I'm saying matter? Like, do I have an opportunity to talk about things that are, like, important or, you know, can help some help connect with somebody or, like, help somebody out of a tough time or whatever? And that's that was kind of, like, something I just was not thinking about and something that I wanted to kind of shift my uh, thinking towards, I guess. So these days, even I'm still, like, like, I release music with uh oro because it's like it feels natural and i'm not thinking too hard about it it's just whatever we do we all agree on it i trust everybody but like with i still make music on my own and i have not released anything for a long time because i don't feel like i'm done growing but also like cheers yeah when are you done growing too Uh is the other thing that's the dichotomy it's like am i stopping myself from doing something that i should be doing right now because i feel like i should be doing stuff better than i actually am you know what i mean Mm. like so that's something i've been thinking about a lot recently do you think yeah do you think that goes back like you were earlier when you were living in la like going back to your original dream and your original thought like where you were like okay maybe this isn't for me maybe i should go back to like what i really value as an important yeah you know what i mean do you think that goes back to like you 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 view your own singular music as I need to really pursue this and go after this. Cause I feel like this is organic me. This is what feels right. Like no doubt. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. hundred gotcha. percent. Like I will, even if it means that like, I, that I am fucking like, you know, not as well off as my friends making six figures, working at cool companies or whatever. Mm-hmm. I would never, I have to do it. Like I just have to do I, it. Cheers, man. Yeah. Even if it means that I'm, you know, making a minimum wage, even if I have to, you know, work as a bartender or do whatever it is that, you know, to pay the bills. Yeah. I luckily right before COVID and everything, I fucking finally was able to leave BMI and do music full time, which is sick. Right on. That's awesome, yeah. Dude. But uh, I mean, it, it is a lot of like, um, 
you know, I'm playing cover shows, like mm-hmm. four hour cover sets a lot of the time. So are you on are you on Broadway right now? No, no, I'm not doing Broadway. I have this I luckily my roommate who does do the Broadway stuff. He's a country guy, mm-hmm. so he does really well down there. Cool. He kind of hooked me up with this lady who's an agent, and she kind of books in town sort of around Nashville. Not necessarily always Nashville, but sort of like 35, 40 minutes out or whatever. Cool. Murfreesboro, like yeah, surrounding like, like that. Franklin. you know, weird little town. I hate to say weird, but if anybody's listening from Gordonville, it's not weird. But, <laughs> um, Franklin actually has a nice little, uh, like, not scene down there, but they have a nice little downtown area. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I like Franklin. Franklin yeah. is sick. Yeah. yeah. That's where, like, Paramore lives now. Stuff like that. Well, not, one more reason to love <laughs> Franklin. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, that's uh, definitely, I think so. I yeah. Mean, yeah. I, it's just, uh, you know, I don't know if it's that I'm, uh, like, if I'm, like, if I feel that I'm, I don't know, man. It's just I can't do anything else. Like, I've done the office jobs, and I was miserable. And, like, you know, you go into it thinking this is the responsible thing to do. Paying my bills. I'm self-sufficient. I'm doing good, right? Yeah. But then, like, every day I'd show up to the office and I'd sit there and I'd bitch a little bit more. I just like, hate it a little bit more I'd each whine day. a little bit more. And it wasn't even so much like I can – I'm fairly good at bottling the self-hatred or whatever. But the problem was it starts to bleed into the people around you. Like, yeah. Like, I, I have friends that I made at that place that I could tell were like, okay, dude, stop complaining. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I'm like, fuck, you're right. This is – I'm not being a positive – I want to, uh, like, go everywhere and, like, leave – things better than yeah. I found them and I was not doing that because totally. I wasn't like wasn't op- I wasn't driving in the lines you're right past yeah. yeah and so I just like I had to do whatever the fuck I had to do I moved in I was living by myself too and when I came back from LA and then I was like I'm gonna move back in with people I'm gonna bring the rent down like I'm gonna do the things set my life up how I have to do it so that I can do this thing and now the rent's at a low enough place where it's like i can start baby stepping out just a couple shows and i can pay my rent and then it's like okay you know just take a slow step i think that anybody that wants to do full-time music that's almost like a necessity because if you have rent that's like fucking fifteen hundred two thousand dollars yeah you're fucked dude there's no fucking way i mean that's what most of them are in la too Uh, i I would say you lived in la i was paying thirteen hundred dollars a month that's the same bro that's a one bedroom or did you oh it was a two people? bedroom so I was Shit, living with another man. dude yeah word, word up. I was about to say 1300 for a one room in LA actually that's pretty good yeah. word yeah. up no I was living with somebody else and I was living pretty close to the beach so like sick you know you sounds probably great. make it work for cheaper it was awesome I do miss that about LA like so did you, how often did you go to the beach when you were there oh all the time dude, dude, that's I, so sick I surfed I, I got a cheap one of my friends right when I showed up one of my friends from college she was like yo I'm fucking out like I can't do it anymore here's all my shit. And so she like sold me a surfboard and like all these, you know, a printer and all the shit that I would need to live and do my shit. And, um, I just ended up using that surfboard all the time, man. Right on. Awesome, dude. That's sick. I do miss that for sure. Dude. Um, damn, I had some, I was going to respond to. You said that you, you said that you want to leave places better than you came. Mm. Sick quote, dude. I fuck with that a lot. I'm not always successful. But I, I am not try, either, but you know? I I like that a lot. That's a that's a mantra in the outdoors, like going on like the Appalachian Trail and stuff like Yo, that. Yo, do you like, do that it, too? Yeah, dude. I I well, work. Yeah. yeah, I did a an outdoor rec program in college actually, where uh, I didn't do this personally, but the program I was associated with would take students out on trips, like climbing, that's all right. that kind of stuff. Yeah, but uh, we had to go out on the Appalachian Trail for like. I think like four or five days and we had to like nice. as students ourselves we had to like they picked leaders each day and we had to like map out our journey on the trail itself like leading it to the right place nice. and we had to have lessons each day to teach people like like survival survival type or just essentials that you need to know in the wilderness such as that like leave things better than you found yeah. it don't pack out whatever you pack don't in. fuck with nature don't yeah. like dude it, i i climb a lot too yeah. and it pisses me off so much when people i go and trash. see people trash yes but when they move dude if you move a rock this big like wow that's like an dude you don't know what ecosystem yeah dude i mean what do you think about people like stacking rocks by like the river and stuff like that i mean if it's in a river it doesn't really matter you know i'm not gonna tell you don't fucking touch the nature but um i don't know just like don't go unearth or like don't get a big ass rock or pull it out don't like 
you know, don't just chop try down to, a tree. Yeah, well, I I go in nature and will knock down dead, decaying well, trees. Well, dead so shit. Different. But they, yeah. they say specifically to use the dead shit for the fire. It's yeah. Not the, yeah, yeah, exactly. But don't go in, you know, something where it looks like it's been set there or yeah. for many years. Don't go fuck with that, man. Definitely just not. leave it be. You know, I'm it's big nature. on that. It gets fucked up enough with development and stuff like that. Like, Dude, did you, you see that they passed some some law or? That the, they're gonna put a pipeline through the AT. Did you see that? What? This literally happened like this past week. I don't no, even. I, have not. I don't even know. Uh, I don't remember. I, I'm. So, I'm. I just Yo, saw the good. headline and yeah. it pissed me off. But That's I was like, gnarly. my brother and I just started doing that. Like we've done the Klingsman Dome to Fontana <sighs> Dam section. It, nice. Like twice now. How so long it's, is? It's about like the first time it took us five days. So we kind of broke oh, the okay. rules. We we hiked like out and then back. It was mm-hmm. like thirty down and then thirty back. And it took us five days, and we did not know what we were doing. And, like, we were doing the har- all the hardest stretches in the same day. So I, who, like, I try to, like, stay kind of healthy. I try to eat right and, like, go to the gym and shit. And I went and did this, and it fucking annihilated Bro. me, dude. Oh, man. It was so hard. That increase in elevation, Wolf. Is that what you are doing? Were you all just increasing your elevation, well, I mean, gra- like, the, exponentially the each day fuck th- the fuck thing about that trail is like so what we do is we go down from Klingsman, which is the tallest point in the smoke oh, okay. so that's like six thousand or something feet above sea level mm-hmm. and then you go down you go way down and then it's kind of pretty flat for a while a little hilly right but then that second day it's just like up and down and up and down oh, and up man. and down <laughs> over and over again and I remember it gets you back to that that sea that six thousand sea level. hundred, yeah. End up lower. Well, you you get up to this place called Rocky Top. That's like five or uh-huh. whatever, and it's got just you get a view of the whole the valley, and it's like super oh, cool. Beautiful. Yeah, man. Um, and no cell reception, like like you're saying. Right earlier. Yeah, dude, it's it's great. Like you just get to go out there. Don't gotta worry about responding to emails or phone calls or whatever. It's uh-huh. just me and my brother just fucking getting to catch up. Like we don't get to so much that's anymore. Awesome. And that's awesome. We've been doing that. We've done Yosemite a little bit. Oh. We've, um, dude, we, I mean, we were actually gonna, I think that my brother, he really wanted to try to do the through hike for the AT, uh-huh. but that takes like five or seven months. Yeah, yeah. Holy so cow. we might just start breaking it up into sections and like just start at the beginning oh, and do like a hundred mile sections or whatever and just work our way. That's legit. That's still huge, man. hundred yeah, miles. It's Damn. fun, man. That's the thing. It's, it's a big feels milestone. Feels good. Do it. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's crazy. sick. Also, by the, have you done Fiery Gizzard? No, but I, oh, I have friends doing it this weekend. I'm, wor- I'm working this weekend, so I can't do it, but like oh it's so great I dude do it, man. i gotta i gotta do that one yeah That's... definitely do it me and uh our roommate when he just walked in from, yeah <laughs> from work uh we did it like what we did it like a couple months ago. it was before covid yeah pretty sure yeah nice. dude that is i felt like an elf in the forest yeah, just wandering around like, man there's like moss growing on all these trees yeah, man, there's we, deer that'll uh, just you'll wake up and there's literally just deer standing around you. you're like oh shit they're not afraid of me <laughs> That's sick. just here and there's like bears we've seen bears every time we've been uh, there and, at fiery gizzard oh no not fiery gizzard sorry i was talking about the at okay yeah. right on. but uh you're talking about uh y'all been out to yosemite like out west yosemite yeah yeah we, yosemite yeah yeah we, we uh <laughs> dude, yeah um that one was like a we didn't go super far mm-hmm. we just uh we kind of climbed the waterfall section which is honestly it's like three it's i, I think it might just be like 3800 feet or something but it's in like three miles oh like, damn that's a big elevation miles, change just, just straight up like and I remember that was like the first one that we did, so we didn't like have our actual backpacking packs or like mm-hmm. any of our boots or anything like that. And my brother was like, he's kind of weird about his food because he like he works out a lot and like he makes sure he like weighs out all of his food to make sure he's eating enough food so that he doesn't like eat his you know his muscles don't eat themselves or whatever. Damn. And so he had he's like about it. he's he's very serious about it's it. It's awesome though. But he um and so he has a seventy pound bag of food that we were gonna like. <laughs> carry up like Shit. a duffel bag oh, that we're going to carry up the mountain in addition to our backpacks that are like school backpacks. And we, we started up this, this mountain and I'm like, Kevin, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to be able to help with this bag. Like, I'm just not going to be able to do this. I can't. And, and he's getting pissed off and he's like throwing it over his back and walking up with this shit. Jeez. And I'm, and Oh man, that was it, tensions were high that day, but I guess we learned a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, and but he, did you make it up the whole? We made it up. Yeah, we made yeah. it up, and then we camped out at the top, and maybe maybe we indulged in some magic mushrooms and just kind of walked around the forest. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> that's a it's a necessity at that point. <laughs> that's something that um I wanted to do on the AT. I want to take some psychedelics out mm. there and really try to 
I've never uh, actually. That's a lie. We when I did the fire gizzard, we uh, we partook in a little bit. Yeah, we dude. Had a good time. I think it's definitely uh, that's the only place that I really like. I really don't even smoke weed that much anymore, man. Like in college, I smoked more weed than probably most human beings should. <laughs> um, and I drank a lot and shit. Like, I, cheers, I, man. I, I fucking did it in college, and then I was like, okay, you probably went overboard there. Let's pull it back. <laughs> but that one place that I. I'm very comfortable doing psychedelics or smoking weed or eating fucking edibles or doing whatever is nature, dude. Yeah. Absolutely. Being out in nature, it's just like, we belong to this. And and I think that's probably partly why earlier you were talking about the whole being afraid of a, uh, VR and shit. Yeah. It's because like day and, you know, we're constantly getting further away from it. Now we're putting a pipeline in the AT, which is like, you Man. know, one of the last like <laughs> nature refuges where you can look out and not see a telephone pole or like <laughs> trash. Yeah. That's then, what I do as a joke. Yeah. <laughs> no, no offense, you know, oh, no, got to work. You're very true, though. Yeah. I mean, it it is though. It's it's so hard to go out in nature, like you're saying, and just see li- nothing that's man-made. Yeah, you know, fuck exactly. seeing man-made things. Yeah. I mean, I, it's great that humans have accomplished what they yeah. have accomplished, but like we need to get back to our roots as humans and going out and experience that connection with nature, things that are living from the earth that get their energy from the sun yeah man. You know, or at least natural just, elements i think that's how people will eventually maybe i mean like develop more of a respect for it and realize that we need to be better we can't like be fucking creating garbage patches in the ocean and or like runoff. i mean even like in things like factory farming and shit oh like that I, I i don't mean to get on a pulpit or anything by any stretch of the imagination but like if shit like that in this day and age like i know like i buy it from factory i mean me too it's I mean, so fucked up but like if anybody is for that you're just wrong yeah i'm and and like i'm taking steps to like do better like i'm probably eat like 60% plant based like 70% you know i eat a lot of eggs and whey so i'm still eating that that's animal products but i don't mm. buy as much meat anymore the other thing that i think is like if people went out like like i don't necessarily think that eating meat is bad i think factory farming is undoubtedly bad like it's just it's the biggest like tax on our like ozone and like the amount system dude and just also like the cruelty aspect of disgusting how many many fucking animals are being treated like shit and murdered and shit but i don't think the eating meat's bad i just think maybe if people went out and hunted it and had to dress an animal themselves and then live off of this one animal for like a year give it to their family members like have that kind of appreciation again sense of respect yeah and i think that the numbers would go way the fuck down for like all the factory farming shit and appreciation for nature might go back up and like if if we were going to continue like i i will say i know vegans are fucking annoying right like they can be, they can <laughs> they be fuck like, all vegans <laughs> no def- that's i was actually saying the alter the, the, <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> i was saying the opposite of that though i'm sorry no dude you're Giddy. you're you're <laughs> <laughs> it's like the the way that they come off though is so like I'm better than you because of this like certain ones yeah fuck, yeah yes, and definitely. but dude they're definitely allowed to do that because they're kind of right like if everybody ate plants we'd probably be better off like as a planet you know we wouldn't eat up all the resources quite as quick at least I always struggle with like, where would we get like we need protein and like but I don't think eat- we need as much as we've been led to believe yeah that's probably true because like. There's always people with incentives, and this is conspiracy, JC, coming out on fucking camera, sick. But there's always people with incentives to, like, you know, who the people making legislature, right? There's always people giving them money to say lobbyists, yeah, to say a certain thing to to make their outcome more. So maybe if they think, you know, oh, you need a gram of protein for every, you know, pound of weight you have on your muscle or whatever to maintain it, that does like. Who actually looks to see if that's true? That's correct. Mm-hmm. You know, like they yeah. tell us that because maybe the people that are part of the factory farming, making all the fucking meat that they want to sell and make a bunch of money on, are quota. being paying people are to do pouring that. money into super yeah. packs and lobbyist exactly. groups. Yes. Exactly. So, like, I think that that plays into that. But also, dude, there's like you can eat like fucking like chickpeas and uh, pea protein. I've had some pea protein burgers that taste just like regular burgers. That right are sick. Yeah. Well, um, I've not explored vegetarian burgers. They're not I, bad, dude. I, I, it's what people tell me, man. I need to try to find one I like. Uh, pretty I eat a lot of burgers. They can be good, man. I've tried the vegetarian sausages, and I've had. I think they're pretty dank. Not gonna lie. Right on. I've Gotta be careful with soy. Mm. Soy isn't necessarily good for people, like in big amounts, at least. Like you can eat it in small amounts, like edamame or whatever. If you go yeah. to Japanese, nothing wrong with that. But like soy can, especially in men we produce testosterone which is our the hormone that we our bodies use to mm. you know do all sorts of shit create muscles you know sperm all that shit and uh 
if you eat too much soy as a dude, it can affect the estrogen levels versus the testosterone in your body. Oh, and your no, that's shit. what Alex Jones says. He calls people soy boys. Yeah. Soy boy. <laughs> <laughs> soy boy beta cocks. <laughs> Me. <laughs> Maybe not the right approach, Alex. But <laughs> Sorry, we're just not the right approach. <laughs> but then, uh, I mean, alternatively, even in women, dude, like if they eat too much soy, like there's uh, back in the day when pregnant women would take supplements, a lot of it would be like a bunch of soy. And like now those people from like our grandparents' generation that had those supplements are getting breast cancer because they wow. had too much estrogen that led to these unnatural developments in the human body and shit, you know? We're still learning so much about about the world and our bodies we don't really know half as much i think is we're right a very small grain of sand compared to this whole spectrum of history that we're involved in you yeah know, this whole society you know it's like going back to what you were saying very early on the podcast like we are minuscule like if we can realize that and understand that like i think a society will be a lot better like not think so highly of yourself sometimes you yeah know? like or at least you know, look at yourself and be able to admit when you're wrong scale. yeah yeah on a grander scale look at yourself Definitely. and society I think that's why nature again is good because getting out there, going. That's why I like going to the beach when I was in LA in a place where there's, you know, millions and millions of fucking people, right? Like, it's like you know, yeah, there's so many people, but everybody's so wrapped up in their own shit that they don't even say hi to each other or they don't help each other, or just ask about how their day is going or whatever. But if you go to the beach and you just sit there and look out at the ocean and how fucking enormous it is, and you're like, damn, I am this big, <laughs> in the grand scheme of things, you know? Absolutely. Like, you can sit know. and look at that forever, I feel. Yeah. Well, uh, y'all, uh, that's about an hour for the uh, Fifth cool. Music City podcast. JC, thanks again so much for being here. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me, man. It was fun. Awesome talk, by the yeah, way. Yeah, dude, of course. You. It was a blast. Um, y'all, uh, we're going to do our last plug. Drew, if you want to. Yeah, if you guys want to go ahead and check out, obviously we have the Music City podcast channel on YouTube. But if y'all would please go check out our MCP Clips channel as well. That'd be great. It's a great way to see a shortened version of the content we have and what we what we find that is most interesting uh, throughout these hour-long podcasts. So, you know, check those out. Like and subscribe if you want to. And uh, we appreciate y'all tuning in. And, JC, once again, thank you again for being here, man. Yeah, man. Thanks and for what's your And uh, what's your band's name and uh, uh, platforms Oro. to find them on? Uh, it's at the band Oro on pretty much everything. So okay. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that. Cool, man. Yeah. Very awesome. cool, y'all, and we are tuning out. Yeah. Peace. Peace.